0: This is Hard Parking, sponsored by Right Honda and Right Toyota of Scottsdale, Arizona. Of course, I'm your host, Jay Finning, recording from my home studio in Gilbert, Arizona. Before I go any further, I just wanted to kind of give a a melancholy shout out, thoughts, prayers to the people of Morocco, over 2,000 dead from an earthquake that registered 6.8 at night as they slept in their beds. Many for the last time, thousands of more are sleeping on the streets. Because it's not safe to sleep in the rubble, you know we've had a lot of natural disasters. I think they're just part of the Earth's evolution. Some of them are caused by us abusing the planet, but some of them are just caused by they're just natural disasters. You know whether it's Maui, whether it's Morocco. But thoughts and prayers. Also, another special shout out to good friend of the show, sponsor of the show, Drew Bunkley of Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals. He lost his father. Just had the funeral this past weekend. We gave him a toast on One Drink Wednesday, Wes and I. Speaking of Wes Tankersley, I guest-hosted his show, so you guys want to head over to Shaping Success with Wes Tankersley, and you'll have Shaping Success with Jay Finning this week. Wes has moved into a new house, and he has big plans for his big house, building out a home studio like I have here. So we're all excited to kind of see what that's going to look like when he gets that thing put together. I think he's a couple weeks out from having the studio built. We get the updates on One Drink Wednesday, which Wes and I do right now. Every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Pacific on Instagram Live. That will be changing at some point in the future. On to the rest of the stuff. Of course, I'm going to be covering my trip from Minnesota. I went over the Labor Day weekend, as you guys heard if you listen to the most recent episode, is I was in Minnesota visiting family. It was also my 19-year wedding anniversary with my wife. Of course, you get my rental car review. And guys, the thing about the rental car review is that is one of the core original pieces of this podcast because I would travel all the time. And I know I say that once every handful of episodes, but there's new listeners as people come. Other people have fallen off over the years. I don't listen to every podcast like I used to listen to even my favorite podcast. I don't even listen to them as much. So I don't blame any of you. If you haven't been here for a long time or if this is your first time, welcome or, you know, It's not personal because I know this is a damn good podcast. But moving on, Texas, you guys know I'm a huge college football fan. I'm a Longhorns guy. And in a weird way, you know, now I associate watching the big Texas games. And this is going to sound really silly to some of you, but I associate it with Izzy, which is the dog that you hear barking at the very end of every episode. And this week, September 12th, will be the one year passing of my favorite dog. He's basically like another kid of mine. We had him for 14 years. And he was very much my dog. And so it's, I can't say it's bittersweet. There's nothing sweet about it. And we have to move on in life. And it's time to move on. So September 12th, I'm going to finally update my avatar or my profile picture on my J Travels account. It's been Izzy's face for the last year straight. And it's time to move on. He's going to be—he's going—he's going to live in my highlight reels. There's a little Izzy shrine in my uh, home office. In fact, all of our rooms have something with Izzy, and it all was kicked off by dear friends of ours, Alex and Jen. You've heard them on the show before, but they sent the first token, and had already planned on buying a few other things. But with that being said, college football is back this year. Texas beat Alabama. One could argue that they should have beat Alabama last year. And there's a little bit of sports. You guys are just going to have to put up with this little sports talk because football to the core is my favorite sport, even more so than cars. During the football season, I've always said before in the past, don't look for me to go out to car meets, car shows nearly as much. If there's a big game on, I'm at home watching the game. I'll see you guys some other time. You want to see the NSX? You want to see the Infinity? Nobody wants to see the Infinity, but I just threw that in there. If it's during a big game, whether it's my Texas Longhorns, Florida State, it looks like they're kicking ass this year. Those have always been my two favorite college football teams. I don't talk about Florida State as much because they kind of sucked for a while. And then, of course, Buffalo Bills is my wife's family's team, which by extension makes them my team. And as they have gotten better over the past few years, we've just had to pay more attention to them. So now we have Buffalo on Sundays and Texas on, uh, on Saturdays, but. It was a big victory, 35-24, or maybe it was 34-24, maybe it 34-24, but Alabama got lucky last year. They should not have won that game in Austin, and they did. Now, the Longhorns wet the bed several times the rest of the year, so it wouldn't have mattered had they won. They still would have finished 9-4 instead of 8-5, which is terrible, but they should have won, and then this year they made sure they won, so I'm really excited about that. Now we're going to fold that into cars because star quarterback Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals owns an accurate NSX. I don't think it's a type S like mine, but the guy obviously has great taste. He's also the highest paid player in NFL history with over $200 million guaranteed, a contract that he just signed the other day. And before you guys say, oh, NFL players are overpaid and these people are overpaid and these athletes are overpaid, they're a bunch of babies. They have a very unique skill set and that person, that top slice of a percenter percenter produces so much revenue for that city and that organization. They're being paid. They should actually be paid more based on the revenue that they produce. So if you're a hardworking employee for your, com- for your company, you're going to get your raise. But no matter how much you produce for your company, unless you have a bonus system set up, you're not going to get paid that much more. But my wife, she has a base salary and a really good one, but she gets paid pretty good off of performance from going out there and busting her ass. And that's no different than an athlete. They go out there and they bust their ass, they get their bonuses, bigger contracts. And so just think about that the next time you start complaining about how much money a professional athlete makes versus the regular person, because they aren't regular people. No matter which way you cut it, they have a very specific skill set in a career that lasts five to 10 years and they got to figure out what they're going to do with the rest of their life but this is not a podcast about how much money they make or how good they are but joe burrow drives an nsx it is a custom orange and black one and i would assume that means he has a thermal orange nsx because that's the only one that makes sense coming up after this word from four wheel online my trip to minnesota jay finning here and i want to tell you guys about four wheel online for over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. The truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so go get it outfitted today. So visit them online at Four Wheel Online or call them at Eight one three seven six nine two four five one. Again, that's four wheel online. The number four wheel online. You know, as I sit here before I talk about Minnesota, it would be remiss and careless of me not to mention that today is also my grandson Zeke's birthday. We bet went to the store to buy him some last minute stuff. We're gonna go out of town this week, so next week I'll be in San Diego. Don't worry, I'll have an episode prepared for you guys that I still have yet to record, but I'll get it done. And then the following week, you'll get to hear about my San Diego trip. I got a lot of trips planned up. I got a few trips lined up. At the end of this month is the NS Expo. NS Expo is going to be in Atlanta this year. So you'll get to hear about that. I don't really talk about my NSX life as much on this podcast because I don't want to get too specific in my content. I don't want people to be lost. I don't want people to feel alienated. And you guys deserve more. If you want to hear more cars, there's plenty of podcasts out there. If you want to hear about life, perspectives, real shit that's going on from people that just happen to own cars, that's why we're here. But because that is a car weekend, you're going to hear about that experience, but I'll try to make it fun and engaging. As I'm sitting here, I, uh, I'm i finishing off my Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel. This was a small batch that I had bought. One of those limit one things when i had won a drawing, I told a wine to go up and spend money on something else. We cracked this bottle when Devin Antrim was in studio about a month or two ago. The guy with the limousine back to my story. I'm sorry. Yvette went to the store and she bought some more gifts for Zeke. And I said, Hey, if you're, if you're, if you're able to pick up some more shirts for Zeke, I need blank ones size five to six. Cause I have a few here that when I do my big t-shirt orders, I try to buy those shirts for the kids, You know, I have a niece and nephew and whatnot, but you know, sometimes you miss on the sizes. So she bought a couple of them—a blue one and a white one—and so I whipped out a couple shirts for him on the shirt press here. So he has a hard parking shirt, and he also has a the NSX shirt. And he always he loves those shirts, man. He's always my papa this, my papa that. That's my papa's NSX. This is my papa's shirt with his car falling on him, which is the podcast logo with the upside down infinity. I may eventually remove the infinity. From the logo and it, have it be just me, some of you have seen some of the alternate logos will, where I'm just sitting there and you can see the microphone kind of coming out of nowhere. In the original logo, the microphone comes from behind the infinity or from the trunk of the infinity. In fact, on the side of my car right now, it's just hard parking everything. And when people see it, they usually have one or two responses. Number one, hey, that's really cool. Or two, why would somebody do that to an expensive sports car? Well, number one, it is cool. And number two, because I can. Because that is my way of trying to spread the word about my product. This podcast. I know you guys are good about telling people about the podcast. I think, actually I know, that some of you are really good about laughing and thinking about it and talking about it. And on Jay's podcast I heard this and I heard that. But when I'm out there, the car gets a lot of attention. I might as well put my logo, my URL, a fucking QR code, and just advertising, which helps at the end of the year with expenses, taxes, whatnot. Anyway, getting on to my trip in Minnesota. I'm going to do this sort of chronologically, just like I did the Puerto Rican episode. I think a lot of you, the feedback on the Puerto Rican episode was excellent. I'm not video recording this. I don't have a lot of stuff to throw up as far as extra graphics go. And I'm also conflicted about recording, video recording these podcasts. It's something I wanted to do this year. I know I've talked about doing it this year, but I just, you know, here we are. We're in September. I only have half a dozen episodes up. I usually reserve it when there is a studio guest or I have a guest on the podcast that has something to say. You know, so those, those are the two things. Either you're here sitting in front of me and we can record it or you're somebody that has something to say, like a couple episodes with Marcus and John on RTWJ podcast. That was an exceptional episode. I don't think it's polarizing episode. It's one of those episodes that people judge by the cover until they listen to it and they say, oh wow, that was really good. Or when I had Noah Nelson on and we talked about the Free Burma Rangers. You know, that's important to get those things out. When it's just me, no one wants to see me and, and hear me talk all day. Visually. It's enough just to hear it. You don't have to watch me. So when we travel, you bet and I travel, we try to get to the airport a little earlier. We have kind of this tradition that we've started to where if we get there an hour, hour and a half early, which there's no, I mean, they tell you traditionally get to the airport two hours early, blah, blah, blah. blah, We both have TSA pre-check. We rarely ever check a bag. When we check a bag, we make sure we get there really early because you have, you have no control over those lines, those baggage lines, unless you have status, which neither one of us have any status anymore. Unless you have status, you're waiting in that long ass line. But when we, do our normal traveling, we just have our carry-ons, so we don't check those in. So we both fly through TSA, and then we find a place. If it's an early morning flight, we usually find a place to have a mimosa or Bloody Mary. That's just like our traditional send-off. And the food, the drinks at airports isn't great. Guys, it's not good. There's a few places and a few airports that are pretty good. But just in general, I'll say that overall, not really good. But you don't care because you're on vacation just like you eat like shit when you're on vacation. Why? Because you're on vacation. So we get to the airport, and it's not really an early flight. I think we flew in. Yeah, we didn't fly until the afternoon. We went to a place called Humble Pie. And so it's a pizza place. Like we have an extension of them over here in in Gilbert called Humble Bistro, which is kind of nice. But Humble Pie is pizza-centric. So we sit down at our table, and you scan the QR code to order your food. And then they have the little thing on the table now, too. So if you've gone to like a Red Robin or a, a Ruby Tuesdays, probably Applebee's, TGI Fridays. Now they have those little and you parents, especially if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. They have those little things in the middle and you scan it and you place your order right there. So the server, they bring you your water and they stop by every once in a while. And then the kids are always trying to play games and shit. But especially when you're in an airport, you know, you scan the thing. You pick out what you want on your phone. You place the order. You put a credit card on file so that they can run the card at the end of your meal. And all the server does is run the food out to you. And then it asks you for a tip. Like, what am I really tipping? And I'm a very generous tipper. That's why I make my wife sign and do all the tips when we go out together because she judges me. When I travel by myself, especially if I'm at a hotel bar, and it's a nice bar. nice hotel and I'm going to be staying there or being there quite often. You know, they say the standard is when you get a drink served at the bar, you tip a dollar per drink. You don't have to do the 15 to 20% gratuity because they're just making you a drink. But I would say if they're a mixologist and they're whipping you up something nice, especially if there's a little show to it and it's a really good drink, I would say tip them more than just a dollar, a couple dollars, maybe a few dollars. But it's your money. And as I said before, I'm never going to tell someone what to do with their money. But I get in trouble for tipping at the bars. If you, So if I see something that's normally $30 and the bar is selling it for $18, and I'm like, holy shit, this is only $18 bucks here? They're going to serve me that drink. I'll probably give them a 2 3 or $4 tip because I'm used to paying more money. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but they remember you too. So if it's a place you're going to go to on a regular basis, you become friends with the bartender. Next thing you know, you're taking shots with a the bartender. They're hooking you up. Now they're not taking out that stupid little thing and measuring their one ounce. They're eyeballing it. You ever see it when they they pour the liquor into the, the little measuring thing and they pour it over your sphere of ice and then they just then they kind of keep pouring as it overflows. That's what you call a hookup. I'm, I'm rambling here, but when you're so when you're at the airport and now in this specific place, they're not doing anything but running you your food. You know, it's not their fault, but they're getting the bare minimum tip. And I would say that if that sounds crappy, they know what they signed up for. They know when when those little things get on the desk, they're not getting a real tip. All you're doing is running me your food. And if it's even them, sometimes the bartender grabs the food and runs it over to you if you're sitting near the bar. You don't tip them. And I know if you're sitting at the bar, like some restaurants, they have like a profit sharing program. So when you tip the server, they also tip the busboy from that. The bar, if you have four bartenders and one's kick ass and three of them suck, at the end of the night, they're all splitting the tips evenly. But I would still say in this situation at the airport, I would say it kind of sucks for them. But it's not my fault that they installed those. And it's not their fault either, but they work there, so it's kind of their fault. They install those little, I don't know what you call them, kiosks maybe, tabletop kiosks, but the food's never that good. But when we're sitting there eating, there's a lady sitting right next to at. that's my wife, and she's having a full-on conversation on her speakerphone. On her speakerphone. So I'm kind of looking at her, and you know I want to whip my phone out and kind of record it, but she's literally sitting almost directly across from me on her speakerphone having a conversation. But that guy, that girl, that person is very annoying because we've all been there in those places where we see that. And if you're one of those people, stop it. We've all done it in some capacity at some point, but to have a full on five, 10, 15 minute conversation on speakerphone in a public outing, like nobody wants to hear that shit. It's like when you're boarding a plane, and the person next to you or somebody one row over, they're having their full-on conference call before they're told they have to hang their shit up, put their phone on airplane mode. Nobody wants to hear that shit. That's like passive-aggressive pretentiousness, is it not? But then this woman, back to us eating, she hangs up the phone, then places another call, this time holding the actual phone like a normal, sane person. One thing that I noticed, though, traveling... And I don't think I noticed as much when I was in Milwaukee, but especially when I was in Minnesota. Once we landed, because we got there at midnight. Which, by the way, we get there at midnight. Our plane was late, so we get there at like 1 a.m. We go to pick up the rental car. You guys know I have status with National, and at the MSP airport, which is the Minneapolis-St. Paul, they have two big terminals, and they have rental—they have a rental car station at both terminals, which is pretty convenient. I don't know too many airports that do that, but the one we stopped at. We go to pick up a rental car, five vehicles in the entire thing, no matter what status you are. There's five vehicles, three Chrysler Pacificas, like a a Kia or a Dodge Journey, and then the Dodge Charger. So obviously, we're grabbing the Charger. So that's what I had. I had a 2023 Dodge Charger GT. I'll tell you a little bit about that after I go through this whole story of, of Minnesota. But one thing I noticed at the airport and, and around Minnesota in general, so we were there for the whole holiday week and Labor Day, and not so much where my family is, but once you go to the city, so we actually spent a full day in Minneapolis. We got up there at like 1 a.m. on Wednesday. We were there all day Wednesday, spent the night again, and we drove up to the small towns on Thursday. So what we noticed was there's a lot of people still wearing masks, whether you're at the mall, whether it's your server someone working at the hotel, just random people. There's a lot of people that are still wearing masks up there. And I mean, it's their prerogative. They don't really help as much as the CDC said they did. There's all a bunch of bullshit. Now they do help you, of course, but when it comes to like COVID, they don't really do anything. But as far as colds and the flu and things like that, you know, I get it. And it's not, it's, it's almost at that point now where it's starting to look weird like it did before the pandemic, but it shouldn't, but you know, it's no longer just the Chinese nationals wearing the mask. It's everybody, but I guess that is the new norm and that's fine. You know, we have some here. We don't ever wear them unless, unless it's like you have the flu, you have a cold. If we're going to go in a public place, we're going to travel and you put that shit on because I don't want to get sick and I sleep next her. but it's just the thing you have to do. Before we decided to go up north, that and I went to this place, uh, like a Saigon pho or whatever, because we haven't had pho in a long time. So for those, if you don't know, pho is Vietnamese noodle soup. I think a few other places have their own version of pho. It's not pho. My cousin calls it pho. It's pho. Like fix it in pho, get it? Forget it. It's called pho. So we went to a place that was pho. And you know it was legit because, and I've always said this before, if you think back, how do you know it's going to sound a little racist, but I'm half Vietnamese, so I can do that. And I'm half African American, so I can drop the N word all day and can't be called a racist, too, by the way. But you know it's legit because they don't accept American Express. So you should always have the second, third credit card with you, where it's a debit card or just another credit card, because not everybody accepts American Express. And if you go to a Chinese, Thai, Vietnamese, Korean, any? I guess maybe Indian cuisine. Like I don't know. I don't ever go there. But if they don't accept American Express, it feels like it's legit because of fees. the The fees are high for American Express, but we're talking a couple percentage points. But it's always one of those kind of fun things. So if you're ever out and you want to know if this place is legit, now we've there's a there's a fun place here in Gilbert that we go to, and they do accept American Express, and it's pretty good. It's not always the best, but it's pretty good. So it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke. We go up to Park Rapids. So my mother is from a small town called Nevis, Minnesota. You can look it up. There's a Nevis in the down, like by St. Kitts, this in St. Martin's. This is not that Nevis. It would be nice if it was. what that would be a different different vacation if it was down there near Florida. But Nevis, Minnesota, and there's only three or 400 people in the town when she grew up, and there's still only three or 400 people in this town. And the nearest town, there's a few, there's a Dorset, Akeley, you know, Walker, but the newest, the nearest big town is Park Rapids. And we're talking a couple thousand people max. So there's not a lot to do up there, you know, but the, the house is on the lake and my cousin Blair owns the big house. There's a lot of big houses, but he owns a big house that he built. And then he also owns the house immediately next door, which is the house my mom grew up in. So he bought that for my uncle. Or my, his his ex-wife, my uncle's ex-wife years ago. And he owns both those properties. And I think he owns another property or two, a couple houses down that he's going to build on. So the whole weekend, we were, we were literally at the lake. You look out the back and there's a lake. You walk out the back door, you go down to the dock because you're at the lake. And it's beautiful. And I think it's, like, my wife loves that stuff. She loves the idea of that stuff. But she's, she's so like her family, her immediate core family is everything. And that's the case with a lot of people. It's not a problem. But when you're around my family, she's still engaged, but she's not nearly as engaged. So if someone's telling a story about something, she may or may not even be listening, you know, but I think it's, it's fun to listen to the elders talk about life growing up or people they've run into or how this was built, especially if they're from there and they've been there for multi-generations. You know, like this road over here used to not be a road. It used to be all forest and your great-grandfather, so-and-so. And, you know, before he met your great-grandmother, when she came from some other part of the world or whatever, they were on the first crew and they tore down all these trees and they built this trail, this this road that we're literally driving on right now. Like, that's interesting. Like That's like, wow. Wow. And, you know, maybe I'm old because I'm kind of into things like that. And sometimes my wife listens and sometimes she doesn't. She may listen to this and I'll probably get in trouble. But one of the notes that I wrote down is, it, you know, be present. So for those of you listening, if you're traveling with your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you know, try to be present. And what I mean by that is get off your fucking phones. There's a time and there's a place. Be present. So I'll look over and, you know, my wife's taking a nap, which is fine. Or... She's on TikTok watching videos, not listening to anything that's being said. Or she's texting my daughter because they're always texting when we're out trying to do something else. I even have to tell her, put your phone up. You're here with me. And it's, look at this picture of your granddaughter. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, I see her because she comes over all the time. Look at your grandson. Yep, I get it. We're on vacation. Let's pay attention. Let's be in the moment. Look out the window and look at all this beautiful shit because this is nothing like we have back home. So then you have to think, okay, what can I do to kind of engage her? Well, I know she wants to go to the lake. Hey, Blair, do you have any guns? Let's go shooting. Yvette went shooting with Wilson and my son, you know, Marcelo and stuff. Like like, like, I think last year. I haven't haven't shot a gun since 2007 when I went shooting at the shooting range. But my cousin has a lot of guns. And despite what you think, I am not anti-gun. I don't own a gun. I have no desire to own a gun. And if the world goes to shit, I have a lot of friends that own guns. So I'll just hang out with them. I need you to protect me and my family. I don't have a gun. But rest assured, I know how to use one. And so one of the things that we did is we went out shooting. And it was awesome. We went out on these trails that, you know, I I had gone out in 2006. I spent some time up in Nevis with my cousin And we went on these trails with these dirt bikes, not the dirt bikes, but the big quads, the big grizzlies. I don't don't know. Kawasaki. Somebody makes the grizzlies. We took out two grizzlies. Blair and I, we hit the trails and it was a fucking blast. And it's nothing like we do around here. It was a blast. We went to this little restaurant. We ate. We get to on the trails and it was a blast. And we went to eat at that restaurant this time, too, with my wife and she had fun. It was hot outside, complaining a little bit because the sun was beaming on her. But it wasn't Arizona. But it was still hot. So anyway, we go on these back roads, and we're driving, and he's trying to take like the scenic routes of the highway. And it was a long drive. I get it. And if I was in the back seat, I would have been napping because it all looks the same. But it's still cool. But when you're awake, be engaged. So we get to the spot, and we pull out all these guns. And we had a 357 with 38 special, which is a revolver. He had a .22 revolver, but it has a ten-round clip. I, now, now I thought all revolvers were six shooters, cowboys and Indians six shooters, but Smith and Wesson. I think it was a Smith and Wesson. He has a lot of Rugers, and if you guys know guns and this means something to you, if you don't, these are gun manufacturers, and everybody knows Smith and Wesson anyway. That's just like the popular, you know, name brand gun. It's like saying uh, Gucci. Everybody knows Gucci, whether you buy or own any Gucci shit. Everybody knows Versace. So Smith & Wesson is the, it's that name brand. Everybody knows Ferrari. So anyway, we had the 22, but it had a 10 round clip and it was, it was like a special 10 round barrel, I guess. Some sort of a special thing that they did for like a year or two and it, and it didn't pan out, but he has one of those. And we had a couple other 22s and then we had a, an AR 16. It was an AR 15. It's a Ruger 5.56. So it shoots 5.56 rounds. And this motherfucker was crazy. So we set up these beer cans. Or, or they're actually full beers that he had found. So we took them out there and set them all up. We're shooting at him. It was my brother, you know, my wife, my cousin, and his wife. We went out there and we were, we were busting caps for about an hour. And it was a lot of fun. And that's the first time I've shot anything, any pistols, since 2007. And it's the first time I've shot an assault rifle. And this thing had phosphorus rounds. And you could see the tracers. And this thing was loud. You know, what's funny. I, I showed my my brother-in-law a video of me shooting. And he's like, because this, this thing, this gun was incredibly heavy. And it's had a 10X scope on it, which was overkill for the situation. And he forgot to take it off. He is my cousin. And my wife, last time she shot one of these guns, because my brother-in-law has one. They had it on a tripod on a table. A lot easier. So I'm trying to hold this thing up. And... I guess I wasn't holding it correctly because I had brought my head to the scope instead of the scope to my head because, you know, the back of the, the rifles, whether it's a regular rifle or an assault rifle, they have the stock. I think it's called a stock, and that's the thing that rests against your shoulder, and you can adjust it. So since my shoulder is lower than my head, I was meeting, you know, I was meeting the scope instead of bringing the scope up to me. But it's funny because my brother-in-law had just talked to me about that two days ago when I was showing this video. I was like, oh, look, I'm shooting this thing. And it's heavy as hell. He goes, oh, you know why? It's, well, you can't hold it sta- steady. I go, why? He goes, because you're holding it wrong. And I'm like, oh. And my brother-in-law, he knows a lot. I trust him on this because he owns a gun and I and he has a certification and I don't. But it's weird because last night I had a dream that I was shooting a gun and I was I remember what he had said. So I brought the gun up to my eye. And I didn't even think about that until I just started telling the story. I'm like, huh. That's weird. I swear. I just had a dream. I don't even know the gun I was shooting, but it's funny, but we had a lot of fun out there shooting those guns. It's this weird feeling when you're shooting and it's And of course we had the ear, the ear things on because it was loud. And that five, five, six AR was loud, super loud. And I thought my wife was ready to shoot. And I looked and she was hiding behind the door. Like she had walked like 10 feet and got behind the door, the car door. And I'm like, what are you doing over there? It's loud. I'm scared. I go, what the heck? Because we're not shooting. We're shooting facing away. So it was kind of funny. And then my brother, he was shooting one of the pistols. And he had, like, turned towards us. And the gun wasn't aimed at us, but the barrel was kind of our direction. And we're all like, yo, yo, turn, 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 stop, stop. My brother was like, huh, huh, huh? And he finally figured it out. But I couldn't imagine, man. can not imagine getting accidentally shot. But I shot some of those cans. And they were... 25 to 35, 40 yards. The furthest ones were probably 50, 45, 50 yards out. My cousin's wife, who says she's never, you know, shoots guns. She's from Thailand. This little Thai chick. She was busting caps. She was, you know, she took the AR and busted one of the bottle or one of the cans that I kept like trying to hit. I was a very consistent shot. I just kept missing it. But it was, it was way out there. So, getting back to the house, my cousin, he bought a pontoon. It's almost like a floating patio. It's a pontoon with no chairs. So, you know, it's got the little overhead thing that you can, the tarp or the cover that you can loosen up and kind of expand it and stick it in the, the little holder. So you, still have, so, you still have some cover, but it's just like this flat pontoon. And so, you take your, your camping chairs, even his chair as a driver, which is funny because he has a lot of money but he's just decided as owning these businesses and everything over the years it's just not worth it to just drop a lot of money on certain things in life so he's got this bare bones pontoon and it's actually it's a good idea cuz when we rent pontoons here we get these elaborate ones and they have all the chairs and the cubbies and all that kind of stuff and you have a lot of places to sit but you don't have a lot of configuration so then when you bring a cooler on board it's like, okay, who's where do we put the cooler? You know, now it's in someone's way. You have to step over, excuse me, can you hand me this? Can you hand me that? When you have like this free configurable platform essentially, and it still had the walls and everything on it, and the doors like any normal pontoon. Because it has a pass inspection. It's got the lights on it and the stickers. But now you can kind of shimmy, you know, the coolers anywhere you want and resituate your chairs whenever you want. And it was actually pretty cool, but we went out on Lake Beltane, B-E-L-L-E t-a-i-n-e and it's it's big it's the 12th i think the 12th or 13th biggest lake in minnesota but it doesn't look like it when you're on the lake it's kind of this long slinky weird l-shaped almost like a like a v lake that's kind of the shape you know it's kind of almost like a check mark not really an l and um we went on there a couple times throughout the course of the weekend and just kind of trolling along really slow and just had a couple beers and listened to some old school music and just chilled. And it was the most beautiful thing. Not a lot to do there. doesn't have to be, you know, it'd be nice to have a lake house somewhere. My wife wants one. Maybe we'll get one someday. Maybe not. i tell you one of the best times that we had on the lake, the water was cold, but one of the best times we had is because remember what I said earlier, I know my wife gets bored and she wants stuff to do. And if the family's not around, it's harder to harder to get her excited about doing anything. Well, my cousin has a paddleboard. So we had him dig the paddleboard out and I sit there and spent 15 minutes airing the thing up, aired it up, and then Yvette and I went out on the lake on the paddleboard. She sat in the back. I sat like right in front of her and we just paddled. I kind of went out to the middle of the the bay that they're at and then came back like three or four times and we just had a bunch of small talk and fun stuff. But what made that part of the of the lake, that that part of our weekend experience so joyous to me, neither one of us had our phones. You know, I thought about taking it out there for pictures, but she left her phone on the porch, and then I left my phone. I think my phone was actually in the house, at Blair's house. Because we, Yvette and I stayed with Blair, and then my mom and my brother stayed next door with my aunt. But, again, they're literally right next to each other. There's a lot of back and forth that weekend, sitting on different decks and stuff. But it was great. It was just us. And that's that unplugging. That's that escape. And I, you know, my wife will tell you that I'm on my phone just as much as she is. That's bullshit. I am not. And one time we had a disagreement about it. And I go, show me your stats and I'll show you mine. And yeah. As much as I'm on my phone, she blew me out of the water at least. And the stats are always the previous week. So if you're ever having an argument about your spouse, if you're wondering if you're on your phone way too much, if, if it's an iPhone, it's got screen time. You can pull it up and look at the screen times. And that week, I was on my phone, I think 40% less a day. Because at home, when I'm on my phone, I'm usually on my app talking to Wes, but that's not all the time. Or I'm playing a game. I don't just sit there on Instagram and Facebook, and I don't have TikTok. You guys know that. I don't do TikTok because that's something else that I know would suck away my time. I would be on that thing all day. It's like a disease. You know, I look over, my wife's just flying through that shit, and I'm trying to have a conversation with her, and she is so disengaged because of her phone. Huh? What? Nothing. Forget it. What? (laughs) But everybody has that problem. So I love being on the lake with her during that. And maybe next year, the rest of the family will come. I don't – they couldn't afford to come, but I also feel like they didn't really want to because they know that life with my family is a little slower. It's not always a party. And familiarity brings desire, right? And what I mean by that is I'm going to NS Expo, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, at the end of this month, at the end of September. It's not my first one. It will be my seventh one. And what happens is you kind of build this family reunion type of relationship and atmosphere. So now I can't wait to go back to see the people that I've see every few years and meet the people that I've been in contact with on social media, some some of them for decades. I've just never met them. So that's something for me to look forward to. When we were planning on going to Puerto Rico. Everyone was excited, including myself. I got more excited when I'm like, when I asked, Hey, is Ray going? Which is my brother-in-law in Michigan. She goes, Yeah, Ray's coming down. And I said, Okay. Is Wilson and Ashley going? And the kids? Yeah. Okay. Is Rafi and you know, and, and Nick and all the other cousins coming down. Yeah, they're coming down. Little Rafi, yeah. I was like, oh, is Eddie and Jose coming? Yeah, they're coming. Great. Now you're more excited about it. I mean, you you want to go originally, but now you're way more excited because of the familiarity. And when it comes to my kids, there's really no familiarity with my side of the family other than my brother and my mom. And my mom's a little abrasive. That's where I get it from. And the kids will tell you that all the time. My mom doesn't put up with shit. Like she's not a violent, outright mean person, but she's very short and sometimes comes across incredibly insensitive. So if you're listening to that and you're like, aha, that's probably where I get some of it from. She's very matter of fact. And I get in trouble for being Jay all the time. That's just J B and j And the compassion of me, the conversation in me, the understanding aspect of who I am, some of that comes from being raised by my dad. And again, as a reminder to you guys, I'm adopted. So these this, this isn't genetics from them. This is learned behavior from them starting at the age of five. But then some of the, some of the rest of it is my hard coding and some of the rest of it is just learning to deal with people for, for years and years and years through different job experiences and just personal interactions and things and a, through observation. I'm a very observant person, so I, op, I observe conversation and how to communicate. But my mom is very – she could be short. So if I complain about shit that's going on here, my mother-in-law, my wife, my daughter, Zeke, my wife's like, oh, hell no. I'm, g- I'm glad I'm not there because I would say something, and she would. Whereas I don't really say stuff unless I feel like it's necessary. It's like, should I bring that up? What would be the point of that? What's the end game? Who is it going to benefit or am I just going to get yelled at? All right, I'm not going to say shit because – I'm just going to get yelled at. Or I need to say something. I don't care if I get yelled at. This needs to be said. And so I go through that all the time with all sorts of different things in life. But anyway, you know, seeing my brother and my mother, it's not enough to excite the kids to want to come. And I don't, I'm telling you guys, that's, that's, I know that's how it is. Like, I think they would like to come, but they don't really want to come that much. And they see the stories, they hear the feedback. I'm sure my wife is like, oh, I'm kind of bored. There's not really much to do, which trickles down and kills that desire to want to go there. But when you see the lakes, you see the water sports, you see the boats. Now you want to go. So hopefully next year, because my family isn't getting any younger. I have my when I say my family, I'm talking about my mom, my dad's side of the family, my cousins, because If you guys see me on social media, 99% of the time when I'm off doing stuff with the family, it's on my wife's side of the family. She's got a huge family. We all get along. Well, not everybody. I get along with everybody who gets along with me. I have no issues. We'll put it that way. I have no qualms with anybody in her family. But my family is really small. And I said this to my cousin, which my cousin Louise, she's an artist. She's incredibly accomplished. We have two pieces of her artwork here hanging in our house that she gifted to us. And she has, we found out cause we met with her in Minneapolis one of those days and had, cause we always, we always make sure we have lunch, breakfast or dinner with my cousin, Louise on my dad's side. And she's the, I guess well Blair and my, and, and Stephanie are my cousins and I'm close with them too, but just the last couple of years I've been seeing them. But every other time, you know, I go see Louise and she's. She has artwork here in Scottsdale at one of the very expensive galleries in Old Town Scottsdale. Like, that's what she does. She's also a professor at the University of Minnesota. And she does business consulting and does quite well. And she's single and she's always been single. But, you know, we always make a note to to hang out with her. But one of the conversations that I had with her when my father died was, you know, our family is shrinking. She goes, yes, it is. That's why we have to stay in contact more. And I go, yeah, I know. So I don't have that big family. So to me, being able to reconnect with my cousin Stephanie and going back up and reconnecting with Blair last year and now we've done it two years in a row, that's important to me because I don't have a big family. And I've always wanted to share that with my wife and kids. And they're never really that excited about it. And I kind of understand why because it's just different. It's slower. When you go to my mom's farm, there isn't shit to do. There ain't shit to do. And especially through their developmental years as teenagers. You know, we've all been there. Like when I was a teenager, I didn't want to do shit. It's not fun. It's not exciting. How is that getting exciting to me? Because you don't learn to just kind of sit back and listen to the stories. And I always like listening to my Uncle Pete's stories, but he's no longer with us. But other than that, you know, that's not enough for me to go like, hey, let's go to Minnesota so I can listen to Uncle Pete's stories. I get it. But I think now that they're at the age where hopefully, you know, they can save up their money. And go with this. You know, Marcelo's independent. You know, he's Marcelo's self-employed and he just now started working for another company. So he's kind of self-employed and employed. So it's kind of hard to take off when you have a new job. I get it. You know, Jaylene's self-employed now, but she's just starting up. And they're they're both understanding where I've been at for decades. I don't know about decades. A decade, actually. If I'm not working, I'm not making money because I don't get PTO either. But I have the luxury of having money because of the job that I do, because my wife works, because we're responsible adults, and we can afford to save money for our vacations or spend money on plastic and pay it off. But it would be nice, maybe next year. Because I know my wife, everything we saw that was cool, she goes, oh, next year I'm going to bring Zeke. I don't care if Jalen and them don't want to come. And Zeke would like it. He's five. But I always say this. She might as well just take him because I'm going to sound petty, but I don't exist when he's around. When we're on vacation, that was my biggest complaint with Puerto Rico. And I told her that we're all on vacation together. It'd be nice if my wife would hang out with me instead of sitting there chasing our grandson around when my mother-in-law is here and his mom is here. Zeke's mom and his new dad. But that's, That's the part about taking it to Minnesota that I'm not really excited about. I wish, I hope everybody comes so then we all get to experience that life because it's beautiful up there, man. It's amazing. And it's nice in Michigan where we live too, but we didn't do those things in Michigan. We really didn't do those things. And I think it's easy to not do those things when you live there versus doing those things when you don't. So keep that in mind. We wrapped up the trip, went back you know, to Minneapolis on Labor Day because that was our official anniversary. We got there mid-afternoon, went out to eat at a beautiful place called the RH Rooftop in Minneapolis. Beautiful place to eat. And I I hit it out the park. And she loved that bronze rose, by the way. It's on her desk at the end of the hall. I thought about framing it in in like a 3D shadow box. But I think it's gorgeous. I'll send you guys a picture. Let me know if you want a picture. Maybe I'll post it on the Patreon. Maybe I'll post it on the Hard Parking channel. On Instagram. But let me know. I ask you guys to let me know. And I always hear back from maybe one or two people. And that's it. I'll send it to you. All your other lazy people listening. You're not going to get shit. Some observations in the city though. Marriott versus JW Marriott across the street. So we booked the Hilton the first time. So the first couple nights. Before we drove up north. So this was the Hilton at the airport of Minneapolis. It's Less, it's not even a mile from the airport technically because you guys know when you're leaving the airport and you get to that first main freeway this is literally this is on the underpass of that first main freeway on the other side. It's called the airport Hilton which means it has to be within you know a certain amount of distance from the airport. And I go to order EH Taylor which is a small batch bourbon and it's not expensive. EH Taylor is about 45 50 bucks small batch. If that, I've seen it more, and if I saw it somewhere, I would probably pay a little more. I wouldn't pay a hundred bucks for it, but I'd pay 50, 60 bucks for it. Cause I never see it. And you know, I'm all about buying something I never see so that I can enjoy it. But the guy goes, are you sure? Here's our prices. I don't know why, but that one's really high. It was a hundred dollars a pour. I said, forget that. I'm good. No, thank you. He goes, I understand. So when we came back the last night, This was Labor Day. We stayed at the Marriott. And I call it Marriott Main, Marriott Proper. And I call it the Hilton Proper and the Marriott Proper because they are the mainstays of those brands. JW Marriott is typically nicer than regular Marriott. But when I say Marriott Proper, it's not the residence inn. It's not the Courtyard Marriott. It's not, is it Staybridge Suites? I don't know if that's Hilton or Marriott. Or homebridge suites, whatever. They're, they're, and those are all their those other properties are nice, but that's what I mean by Marriott. Main Marriott is the big one with the convention centers and all that shit in it. So we stay at the Marriott, and as we're pulling up, I'm like, "What fucking Marriott is this? This is the first Marriott I ever built." Across the street is a JW Marriott at the Mall of America, and that thing was looking banging. This place, not so much. So when you walk in, there's a the little bar, the snack area, but there was never anyone there. It looked like a courtyard Marriott. And I was disappointed until we found the restaurant inside. And that's where it's like, oh, okay. So this is where the bar is inside the restaurant, which is way inside the Marriott, not in the very front. So fortunately we found that place. But I go, we go in there for a drink because the restaurant we went to, RH Rooftop, doesn't serve hard liquor. We wanted a couple of martinis, which would have been perfect. So we're like, all right, let's go order, order a glass of wine. Let's order our food and then go back to the hotel and grab a drink. She goes, okay. So anyway, so now we're back at the hotel. We're grabbing a drink. And the guy's like, well, what can I get for you after Yvette orders? And I go, hmm, what are you getting for that E.H. Uh, that e. Taylor? He looked at it and he goes, dude, three ounces for $22.50. I said, wow, that's crazy. He goes, yeah, you won't find a better deal anywhere in the city. I go, I know. Get to pouring. So I got the EH Taylor finally at the end of the day, three ounces for $22.50, which is the cheapest you're going to find it anywhere. I can 100% guarantee you that because that should be a $20 to $22 pour on the cheap end. And I'm not even going to count that $100, probably $30 on the expensive end for a one and a half ounce pour. We got three ounces for $22.50. Do you think I tipped him a dollar? Hell no, I tipped him like five. Going back to the beginning, Because it's worth it. So that was basically my trip. I have a couple more observations to make while being on the road. But before we wrap this up, I still need to tell you guys about the Dodge Charger GT that I rented. It actually wasn't very bad. And when I looked up this thing, it wasn't the bottom of the line Dodge Charger. I think it was like the one up, one or two up. I've never heard of a Dodge Charger GT. I thought maybe someone had taken the rental car and gone to AutoZone and bought like a GT sticker and threw it on there. But it was a capable car, V6. You know, when we were driving, it's about two, it's about three hours, three and a half hours from the Twin Cities, which is what you call St. Paul, Minneapolis, up to Park Rapids and Nevis. And a lot of it is this two-lane road, two-lane highways with crossing, with passing, not not a passing lane, but little, you know, the passing dots and the no passing, the solid stripe. So I passed a lot of cars in that vehicle because a lot of people drive slow. So it got the job done. Obviously, CarPlay is in there. You know, Dodge has always been good about putting that, the U-Connect is what they call it. It was a very capable car. It was black, nice. I would never buy one. It's just not, it's just not a car I'm into. But as far as rental cars go, it only had four or 5,000 miles on it, which is pretty much brand new. And I would totally rent it again. It's plenty of room in the back for our suitcases. Again, we had the roller boards, but we had these big, fat backpacks and all sorts of stuff. The back seats seemed pretty spacious. The passengers, they had the outlets, the USBs, which is all you can ask for in the back seat of a car like that that's not fully fully optioned out. and the front had plenty of power options as well. It's a very capable car. I would definitely rent it again. Especially given there was two of us in four minivans. I'm still curious about that, but I can't complain because I got the Dodge charger. One thing I will complain about before we wrap this up, ways. People who report construction in obvious construction sites are going to hell. You guys disturb my podcast that I'm listening to. You disturb the music that I'm listening to. You scare the shit out of me when I'm just driving, when Waze is like, construction zone ahead. Police reported ahead. If it's an obvious construction zone, there's you don't report construction. All it does is annoy everyone. If you see a police car that had just pulled somebody over, you don't report the police car because everybody can see it. If it's sitting on the side of the road or hidden, you report your ass away. You report that like the first person to call wins a trip to the Bahamas. Like you report it immediately. But don't report construction zones and obvious construction zones. If you're on the back, if you're somewhere on a two-lane highway and you have to turn around or you hit that construction zone, and they got the lane closed and there's a dude standing there with a stop or slow flag and there's another dude 100 yards down the road letting the traffic come and then they stop them and then it's your turn if somebody hasn't reported that that's what you report road closed you get to a road and now it's closed and it's not on ways then you report it anyway so with that being said I want to think right honda and right toyota fullwellonline.com sell so shop wireless services can't forget our Patreon business supporters, Corey Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, Pal Construction out of Caldone, Michigan, B-House, small home design out of Ashburg, Virginia, Traverse City, Michigan, shaping success with West Tankers out of Boise, Idaho. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month to get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. And I do mean it. Special thanks to Mark Stoman, Catherine Cox, City Ramos, Richard Grades, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alice, Kamina, and Drew Bunkley. If you're interested in picking up a hard parking shirt, hit the show, hardparkingpod.com, hit the store. If you're interested in picking up any show swag, go to hardparkingpod.com and go to the merchandise store. Bye. It. it, supports the show. Questions, comments, or concerns, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning. Join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook page. Also, if you're on Instagram, go to my profile and join the Hard Parking Podcast channel. you give giveaway things there as well. I can't grow like tell the world how great this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. I'll talk to you all next week. Shut up. <laughs> now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for this.